Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. We worship, we worship until, until he moves. And our worship moves him. It really, really does. So um, we've been posting that we had a special announcement today. And what God has been doing in this house has been incredible from week to week. And, and again, we don't, we don't measure success by numbers. We measure success by, by obedience and what God is doing and what God is saying. That's how we measure success. And the numbers are a byproduct of the obedience because people are drawn to where the, the presence is hosted well. Amen. But we believe that, that there's so much more that God is calling us to. So we're excited today to introduce to you guys some new staff members that we have at Abide that are going to be joining our team. I'm going to call up, I'm going to call up Tyler and Tiffany. Yeah. That was better than what we got. That was better than what we got. Um, for those of you that, that don't know... Um, We've, we've known each other since 2008, so what's been unique about the ministry at Abide is ministry here is a family affair. We believe that, that God, God governs through family, and not just physical family, but when you become a part of our team, we believe that we all run in one direction together, and that's towards Jesus. And so it's been amazing. One of the joys has been being able to run with, you guys know Anthony and Covington who moved years ago, but like the last missing piece was Tyler and Tiffany. So we would always talk about... Um, what would it look like all the time, you know, through the years, man? When, when will we get to do ministry together again? And, and we always felt this, this drawing and this calling to run together. And, and we just have similar DNA. So as the church grew, uh, we were like, the, the elders were like, you need help. Like, you need help. Like, let's just figure this out. And so I just reached out to them and I said, pray, because we're going to hire someone. And, and if, if God wants you guys here, uh, we believe it should be you guys. So they prayed, they left the position at an amazing church, amazing church, about an hour away, Bushnell, and um, they're selling their house to live in a 20-foot trailer to come serve at this church. So, amen, yeah, amen. <laughs> but, but I believe that God's going to bless them, and so they're going to come on staff as associates. If you didn't know, this is Destiny's sister, older sister. And so... We're just excited that they're going to be able to f- help facilitate ministry and discipleship on a new level. Um, what they bring to the table as far as kingdom is incredible. And so it's just a perfect fit to the puzzle. And so we're excited. I want to give them a chance to share real quick, and then we're going to pray. Wow. Uh, one of the things I said to Tiffany, we actually both said to each other, is this morning when we walked in while they were praying and interceding, um, <clears throat> I, I walked in, and immediately it felt like home. You know, like you've been away for a long time, and you come in, and it's Thanksgiving, and you just walk in, your family's there. And, like, I know these guys, but 80% of you guys, I don't know, but I walked in, and it felt like home. And so for me, like, oh, it felt so good. Um, my passion is something that the Lord gave me uh, about 10 years ago when I was coming out of ministry school. And he gave me this word. He said, I want you to awaken the sleeping giant. And he said, the American church has become lethargic, fat, and lazy, and, uh, and, and, and uh, un- ineffective. And so the Lord has given me a mandate. I love doing missions, and I love doing that sort of stuff. Um, but my mandate on my life is to awaken the American church. The Lord has um, put on my heart, and this is a term that I've been using lately, 
He's, he's given me the assignment of a revivalist. Amen? Because the church needs revival. Um, and, and, and before revival can come to those outside who need Jesus, it has to come in the building to people with hearts that are supposed to be burning. And so many lamps right now are about to go out in the church. And my call is to light the fire again. Come on. And so, yeah, yeah that's a good, yeah, you can call it that, sure. So some of the stuff you can expect from me is a, a saying that I love is it has to look like something. Please don't tell me you're a Christian, but you look like everybody else. Like it has to look like something. Somebody who's given their life to a supreme being who literally rules over the universe and created everything out of the breath of his mouth. You, when you give your life to him, that should look like something, right? It just doesn't make sense to me for you to look normal. Normal is not in my vocabulary, okay? Weird is very much more in my vocabulary. So my call is to bring you closer to the Lord. I want to like burn fire and you burn hunger so that you're not satisfied with normal. So that the only thing you will accept is what Jesus said, pure, unadulterated obedience. Okay? And I'm telling you, when you start to value obedience, you will do things like move out of your house and move into a 1976 camper trailer. Okay? These are the things. This is what obedience sometimes looks like. Okay? So we're going after the more, and I want to help you guys bring you into that. And I'm so excited, and we're going to do a bunch of other stuff, but, like, that's my main call is to equip and put fire back into the church. Amen? And this is my wife. She is awesome. Woo! They're way more excited for you than me. Thank you all so much for um, welcoming us this morning. So many people walked up and said, welcome. And just like Tyler said, as soon as we walked in, I'm like, I'm home. And... Um, this is what we're giving our lives for, to be here. And so, um, like Tyler said, our heart burns for the church to be the bride of Christ and be who he's called us to be. So our desire is to see each and every person in this room step into your destiny and your calling and to know that you can burn, that there's more for you and not just the people on this stage. And we want to walk beside you and champion you and help you find who God has called you to be. Amen. Yeah, so thank you. We're so honored to be here. You guys can stay. We're going to pray for you guys. I'm going to call the elders and some of the leadership up. Uh, Pastor Chucho Shen, if you guys want to come. I just want, you know what I want us to do? All pray together. And so I, what I want to do is I want to cover them as family, yeah? Because they're moving, and we're just believing that there will be absolutely no lack. In God's kingdom, there's no lack. And God always honors steps of obedience. So I want you guys to stretch your hands, and let's receive them as family. And I want you to pray whatever the Lord would have you pray. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for their yes. And I thank you that they're an integral part of what you want to do at Abide. And, Lord, I thank you that your presence goes before them and makes crooked paths straight. Father, I ask that you would increase the anointing on their life, Lord, that, that they would burn like never before. God, that they would look at the things of the past and realize that there's so much more ahead, God. And I thank you, God, for every season. And, God, I ask that you would give them vision like never before, God, that as, as family, we declare we receive you. We receive you and we cover you. And God, I ask that you would speak to them in the night, that you would wake them up, that revival would birth in their hearts like never before, that this season would be an adventure, God. We, we bless their children, Henry and Maddie, right now, that they would grow up knowing what it looks like to have parents who are completely sold out to Jesus. 
And God, I ask that whatever you want to do through them and with them and abide, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes to the more. We say yes to the hunger. God, we ask that you continue to send people that will put, help us put oil in our lamps. Every single, put oil in our lamps, Lord. So we bless them right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wow. Oh, there's so much more. God, I thank you that their words carry life and fire and passion. I thank you for intercession. And I thank you that much, much is going to be birthed out of them. Much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. <laughs> going to give me time to preach a little bit today? You know, I, um, I always sit down, and um, there are people moving from, from all over the place to come here to this church, and, and, it, and it's because I believe God is expanding our vision on what it looks like to build a house for him. Whether you know or not, people come to me like, well, what's the purpose for your church? We're building a house for him. We're building a house for his presence to dwell. We're building a house for people to come in and minister unto him. And part of what I feel God is looking at for us, right, is he's looking for obedience and faithfulness. A lot of times when we, we, we take up the tithes and the offerings, and I promised that I would be teaching more about it, but in 1 Kings 17, there's this unique story where Elijah uh, is called by God to a widow. And he goes up to the widow, and he asks the widow, you know, for some drink. And she goes, I have nothing. She's gathering twigs. And then she goes, I'm going to grab this little bit of water, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to make myself a little meal. And it's interesting because in this scenario, she says to Elijah, this is all I have. I'm going to eat this, and I'm going to die. <laughs> That's what she says. So it's not a really great moment for him to take up an offering. It's not. But in that moment, he says, go cook what you have and give me first what is prepared. And you have to understand that in these times, the prophets represented the voice of God. There was a lot of implications there. But, but it would be easy for us in American culture, they would say, oh, there's, there is the prosperity gospel. He's asking, but what, 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 what we have to see is God wasn't after her money. He was after her heart. He wanted her to understand that while that, 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 that oil and that little bit of flour she had was not her resource. Did you hear me? And I want you to catch this because I believe God is giving us a new capacity to realize that your job is not your resource. Oh, no amens. Listen, your job is not your resource. Your 401k is not your resource. God is your resource. And he will resource you. He is our source. He is our foundation. And so I believe in this hour it is integral for us to step into faith in every area of our life. And I'm believing that God would give us the capacity to trust him with our finances, with our children, with our marriage, with our ministry, with our words, with every part of our life. But I know the area we struggle with most as Americans is money. And I just want to say, listen, the Bible, God is not against money. What, he, what, he's, what, it's, what he's against is the spirit of mammon. And I need to teach on this because the spirit of mammon will always tell you you will not have enough. It's a lie that makes you want to hoard and keep. But here's, the, here's, here's who God is. For God so loved the world that he gave. God is a giver. And so for people who say, well, I just want to imitate God but don't know how to give, I don't really believe you. Because God is a giver. And so I want to challenge us all today. Listen, God is doing, I was dreaming this week with him. I believe, listen, I want you to hear me. I believe we are going to build a building on this property. 
I'm not going to do five services. We're going to build. I'm not doing it. I rebuke that. Look how packed it is. I just, I'm believing God for a building where we can have a school, where we can disciple, and where we can host the presence and take our time. Amen? And so the, the vision of this house will move at the capacity of our obedience and trust towards him. That's the pace where we'll move at, at the, at, the, at the pace where we can trust him with everything. So I'm going to pray, and I want to ask everybody, if you call this home, I want to ask you to sow, and I want to ask you to trust him. Even if you have to take one step, trust him because he is faithful. Amen? There should be a slide up there that says how you can text to give. You can give online. You can give check, cash, however you need to do it. There's a black box in the back for those that are scared. I'm going to have some, um, some ushers actually come up. Kenny, can, you, can a couple of you guys come up? I want to get done so I can get into the message. I'm going to pray, and I want you to grab that seed. And I want you to wrap that with expectation. If you're giving over your phone, put your hand on your phone and wrap your gifts with expectation. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I thank you that like that little widow, we're giving you what little we have. And we're trusting you with it, Lord. God, I thank you that after that widow trusted you, for many days she lacked nothing. So, Father, I ask that you give us the capacity to give, to sow. God, give us a vision for this, for, for Lithia and for Tampa that expands just what's right in front of us. God, I thank you for every gift, every giver. And I ask that you bless the word today as it goes forward. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 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 Bless you as you give. The text to give, yeah, you can text any number amount to that number. You don't have cash. I know I don't carry cash. Hey, I want to talk to you guys today. We've been in a series called Encounters. Say Encounter. Encounter. Let's try to get Encounters. Encounter. And we're believing that God is, he's expanding our capacity to experience him in a new way. And we've made this declaration. An encounter is not unto itself. Every encounter that we have with the Lord, whether you're in worship or whether you're at your home or you're in your car, is to get you closer to the person of Jesus. You understand? Jesus is the goal. And so last week, we, we promised the Lord that as, as people had encounters that, that we would steward that and we would share it and we would proclaim it. And so as Destiny was sharing last week, Deborah, waving them back, Deborah. That's Deborah. Yeah, she's so shy. She didn't even tell me. She told somebody else. But I heard about this encounter she had as we were worshiping last week. And I thought the Lord say to me, hey, the people, we need to go deeper because that's who we are. There is more. There is more. There is more. And it's silly to think that we have experienced all of God. The God who spoke everything into being, we've experienced him within these four walls. It's foolishness. So there's more. And as we're praying about the more, she said, I saw the center of the church split open. You're like, well, that's heresy. No, that's Bible. When Jesus was baptized, the heavens were rended. It was split open, and the Bible says they never closed. Because the intention of God through the Holy Spirit is for you to live under an open heaven. And so your natural life put in his hands, it becomes supernatural. It becomes something that moves and it shapes things. Where we get to, that's how we, we come up on stage. We say, you are meant to rule and to reign in life. How do you do that? Through yielding to the Holy Spirit. Through giving yourself to the secret place and allowing God to come in and to change you. And so what does he do? He takes a little drug addict kid like me at 18 and he fills them with the spirit and he shows him without a doubt what it looks like to be a man. He puts a passion outside of him to preach the gospel. And in this moment, you're thinking, well, that's your story. No, that's our story. That's our story. That when Jesus touches us, we are called to be ministers of the gospel. And he's using us as a people to host his presence and to encounter him. Why? Because he wants to build a temple where his glory will dwell. 
Oh, y'all ain't ready yet. You're going to have to help me today because I feel this. I feel that God is positioning us like never before to be a people who carry his presence and host him well. And like Tyler says, that has to look like something. We've become really good at adapting revival language but living a different way. And so we know all the right things to say. We know when to shikababa and we know how to do it all. But when it comes time to fully surrender yourself and it comes time to you, for you to speak to that person, you're like, I, I be a rebuke you, devil. God would never ask me to do anything that makes me feel uncomfortable. It's not true. The process of going from glory to glory is your last old man dying so you can step into the new one. And death is painful. It's not easy for you to let go and to relinquish things. And so I'm going to take us to the book of Haggai. You're going to have to look at the table of contents on this one because it's the minor prophets. It's like two pages. Listen, on my Bible, it's page 1152. Look it up. I want to take you to the book of Haggai. I want you to see it. Open up your Bibles, your phones, because we're going to go through this. I'm going to go, going to go through about a chapter and a half real quick. So, so hear this. Are you there? Say amen. So I want to give you a little context. These were people that were exiled to Babylon for 70 years. Are we on the same page? They had been given a promised land. They were exiled. These were people that they had lived in the Temple of Solomon. Do you remember that, that David built a tent, but he had a dream to build an even bigger place where the presence of God can dwell, and that dream became fulfilled through Solomon. So Solomon was the most prosperous king to ever be in the Bible, and he built a temple unlike any other temple that actually originated in the heart of David. So, so this temple was built, and, there, and so imagine there are two groups of people. There are those who lived in the time of Solomon, who had built the temple and had experienced the presence, but the temple had been torn down, and so now there was no longer a place to worship. And so there were people who had never experienced the temple of Solomon, the younger people, and there were a people who had experienced it but saw it fade away. And so God calls them after 70 years to come back to the place that God had promised them, and he says, I want you to rebuild the temple. Rebuild a place for me. So they start to build. And the Bible says that they laid a foundation for the temple and they built an altar but in the midst of the building opposition came and they grew weary in their building oh, i want you to hear this because listen we've been at abide now for three years and i believe that god has laid an amazing foundation for what is to come but i believe it is time to build do you hear me more than my wife it's time to build and it's time for us to move forward and i know that life happens look at what's going on in the world right now but i want to prove to you scripturally that the bible says these things are to come and in the midst of the shaking it is our job to to not respond but react to not react but respond haven't had breakfast so, so he comes on the scene and he's speaking to these people. Mind you, 16 years go by and they grew weary in building. And then it says this, verse 2. This is what the Lord of the heaven's army is saying. The people are saying, so this is what the people are saying. The time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. So they're saying it's not time yet. Then the Lord sent his messenger, Haggai, and he says this. Why are you living in luxurious houses? Why my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. And then listen, I want you to see this. Look at what's happening to you. So he's saying, I want you to introspect your life. The literal Hebrew term for this is this. It's set your heart on your ways. Like take your heart, connect it with your mind, and realize what's happening to you. Then he says this. You have planted much, 
but harvested little. You eat, but you are not satisfied. You drink, but you are thirsty. You put on clothes, but you cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as you're, you're putting them in pockets with holes. Then he reaffirms again and he says, listen, look at what is happening to you. Now go up to the hill and bring down timber. And then I will take pleasure in it and be honest, says the Lord. For you hoped for riches, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home and blew away, what, what is he saying? As we go through the beginning of this chapter, he's saying everything that you tried to make work is not working. Because I'm not the center of your life. You've built houses for yourself. It's so interesting as I was researching this. These people, they grew weary in building the house of God. So there was a foundation and an altar, but it was neglected. Because they were so busy accruing and doing for themselves, building houses, accruing wealth. And God says to them, everything you've built is worth nothing. What a word for us today. Because many of us in this room, in one measure or another, whether you realize that we have captured a, a portion of the American dream. How many of you have to worry about what you're going to eat tomorrow? That's the beauty of where we live because we lived in Africa where people were dying of starvation. And so we've captured the American dream and what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to them is, listen, all of that not yoked and connected to me will lead you to nothing. Look at you, you hoped. And so these people had literally taken their homes and the house, the temple of Solomon, remember there were people who they were there during the temple. They had taken the same kind of wood that was in the temple of Solomon that had decorated it and they had decorated their houses with that same wood. It's as if they were building their own kingdoms in the resemblance of what used to be God. I want to let that sink in. Because I think we've, we've, we've become so accustomed to church. And we have, we have a resemblance of God in our life. And we identify, if you're going to circle a bubble, and you're going to choose between Buddha, Hindu, whatever, you're going to choose the Christian bubble. But again, when we introspect our life, I wonder how much of it has been built onto ourselves. Are you hearing me? And so he's piercing the hearts of these people, and he's saying, this was, this was the issue. They were disinterested with God's house. The issue they ran into as God was calling them from, from the book before Zephaniah is they had become disinterested and discouraged with building God's house, and they grew weary in the waiting, and God was waiting for them. This is the image you have to see of God, that even though there are people who are disinterested and in apathy and going their own way, God is calling them back and saying, take inventory of your house because I want to bless you. Yeah. You can take this and not even make it about this church because the Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the more we make life about us and the more we try to accrue it, the more we fit. And we think, well, if I have this, I'll be happier if I have that. No, what you need in your life, that void that is inside of your soul is reserved for Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, it leads you to Jesus. And when you meet this Jesus, he changes everything. We can no longer sit in church and be unaffected because we realize we are worshiping the lamb who was slain. It changes everything. I worked in ministry school, and I remember in 2010, I believe, Tiffany came back from being in California, and she's like, we don't have to sin. And I'm like, you are a heretic. I'm a sinner. The only problem is, how can we encounter the person of Jesus who is life, yet live in death? Does Paul not say, you are a new creation? 
in Christ. All old things have washed away and all things are made anew. Well, there's this, I feel it because I used to, well, there's this tension, Gio. The tension only comes from giving yourself to lesser lovers. I know everything that's going on in the world right now. And there's lots of different opinions, whether it's COVID or the racial tensions or whatever. But here's the conclusion I came to. I cannot keep my eyes on that and look at Jesus. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, you're like, well, no. Well, then, well, then you'll be ignorant. No. Looking at Jesus always moves us to make a difference. It always, his heart hurts for those people. And I want to give you a newsflash. His heart hurts for the officer as much as it does for the other guy. It's not a clapping matter. He's, he's, God is not Republican. He's not Democrat. He's kingdom. And until we stop choosing sides and trying to build our own things and try to divide, we'll never be healed. Our land will never be healed. And so he's confronting this thing where he's saying, set your heart on your ways and put it before me. Why? Because I want to bless you. And so then they respond, right? They respond to the Lord. And in verse 14, it says, the Lord sparked their enthusiasm. Means he gave them the ability to respond to the word. Listen, you need to know that when God speaks to you, even though you don't feel it right now, he will spark your enthusiasm to move forward. Three years ago, if you would have told me we are what we are today, I wouldn't have had the enthusiasm to do it. I wouldn't have had the faith to bring people on staff. But as you move with God, and as you believe in him, and as you see him move, you begin to build altars of remembrance. And that's what God is saying. You need to look back in order to move forward. Are you with me? So they begin to build. And it says in my Bible, on September 21st, they begin to build on the second year of King Darius' reign. And then chapter 2 says, then on October 17th, the Lord sent another message. And I want you to listen to what happened. He speaks to them and he says, and to the remnant, say remnant. remnant. Oh, he's looking for a remnant. Do you believe that? He's looking for a remnant. He's looking for a people who would be consecrated, who aren't caught up. Listen, we live in a world that, that I said it earlier, it dictates success by numbers. If you're a successful business person, it's because you have a lot of money. If you're a successful church, it's because you have a lot of members. But numbers are not necessarily kingdom. That, that's, that's not kingdom authority. Kingdom authority is given through divine obedience. He speaks, I respond. He speaks, I respond. And he releases his presence, and his presence is what we are after. And so he's speaking to this remnant, and he asked him this question. Verse 3. Does anyone remember this house, this temple, in its former splendor? He's talking about the temple of Solomon. I want you to catch this. Because he's speaking to a people who have started building, but they said within themselves, we'll never do it as good as Solomon. So let's just stop. Did you hear that? So he says, do you remember this house, the temple in its former splendor? And then he asked them, how in comparison does it look now? It must seem like nothing at all. But he says this, be strong. Say, be strong. strong. It's time for God's people to be strong. It's time for us to have a backbone and to rise up and to give ourselves to something that matters. You know how I know? Listen. How I know that I'm in the middle of God's will, because if you gave me a million dollars tomorrow, I would be doing nothing different. I'd be building a building by next week. This pulpit's not for sale. And what God is calling us to is to be a people who are sold out to the mission of Jesus Christ. You are called to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. 
And to everywhere you go, be light and salt and to influence culture. And he's speaking to these people and he says, be strong. Be strong, he says it twice. And get to work. Say, get to work. (laughs) Be strong. This is the admonishment. Be strong and get to work. And so the people are discouraged. Why? Because they're looking at what they're putting their hands to and they're saying within themselves, it's an identity crisis. I don't have the capacity to build what Solomon built. And I want to tell you something. We're not here to build anything that anybody else has built. I want to declare it to you today. I want to partner with God to do something that he's never done before. I want to believe that when people walk through those doors, that they walk into an open heaven. That every demon, every spirit, every, every, everything that is not of God has to bow. Because he is the name above every name. And if I can get a few people to just come on board and to believe with me and to partner in prayer, I believe we can change this community. Look me in my eyes. I believe that we can change this community and we can be a church who worship him in spirit and in truth. I don't want to be caught up in hype. When he moves, we move. People, well, brother, it's full. When are we going to do two services? We move when the cloud moves. We move when the cloud moves. Why do we worship for an hour? We move when the cloud moves. One word from Jesus will transform you better than a thousand from Geo. And so as we set our hearts on him, he comes. So he says to them, be strong. Be of good cheer. Listen, my, and then he says this, my spirit remains among you. The only reason they would be, need to be reminded of that is if they had forgotten that it went with him. Through all of the oppression and through the building and becoming weary, they had forgotten that the same spirit that walked with Moses and the same spirit that walked with Abraham and the same spirit that had covenanted with them is with them preparing a way for them. Then he says this. This is, uh, how am I going to say this? Pentecostal 101. Because he says to them, that the, the latter glory will be greater than the former glory. Meaning, listen, I know externally you're looking and it looks like what was can never be as good as what's going to be, but you're looking through eyes of flesh. He says this, Be strong, all you people left in the land, and I'll get to work, for I am the Lord. My spirit is strong, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. For this is what the Lord is saying, in just a little while I will again, I want you to see this. Verse 6, For this is what the Lord of heaven army says. In just a little while, I will shake the heavens. Say shake. Shake. I will shake the heavens and I will shake the earth. I want to read it in this translation because it's so good. This is the New King James. I will shake the heaven and shake the earth. The sea and the dry land and I will shake the nations and they will come. Watch this. Is it back here? And they will come. Is that it? Yeah. (laughs) And they will come to the desire of all nations. What is the desire of all nations? Somebody whisper, Jesus. Listen, I don't know what world you're living in, but here's what I know. There's a shaking happening. Three months ago, all you heard on the news is we are living in the most prosperous economy of all time. Fast forward a month and a half later, everybody's like, where's my stimulus check? When I go into Walmart, I could only go in on the right side. It's like everything that used to be common is no longer common. There's this shaking happening. 
And it's like, I see God's people like zombies just being cattled through everywhere instead of realizing that we have an opportunity to change the world and to say, hey, God is shaking us and we can never go back. I don't want to go back to what was. Listen, what was, what was will rob you of what will be if you're not careful. If you're not careful, it'll rob you. Some of the hardest people to get to be on fire for God are those that experienced one move of God before. Because they think they know the way God moves and the way he does and this and that. And it's a bunch of garbage because God is always on the move. And so he's saying to them, I will shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, until they all come to the desire of the nations. What if the shaking is for us to realize that the real desire, the only thing that will satisfy is Jesus? For us to realize that in just one moment, jobs can go away, and security can go away, and media can go away, and basketball can go away, and all we're left with is our dysfunction. Everybody for the first two weeks like, this is awesome, man. We're at home, and we're resetting, and by week three, they're like, can we get back to normal? And what God is doing is he's recalibrating us. He's looking for a place to pour out his spirit. But he's waiting for people that would, for one, not become disinterested with his work. That would not become exhausted. That would never be, grow tired of singing out, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy. That would give themselves to godly community. That would enter into his presence for the, for the purpose of going out. Do you remember when I was pouring water out here last week? Some of you were freaked out. It's this, it's this overflow where God pours into us so we can go out into the world and be poured out. And so in the context of not church but you, you need to know that God wants to fill you so you can be poured out. He wants, he wants his presence to come inside of you. So I came to ask you today, and here's my question, what are you chasing? What are you chasing? I have to take a step back this week as I'm reading this and ask myself, Lord, what is the desire of this house? Because don't get it twisted. You could do ministry and it not be unto Jesus. You can sing songs the right way and they can be in keys and you can jump up and down, but it could be unto nothing. If your heart is not connected to his. And we can very quickly make church about ministry positions and this and that and where do I fit into the puzzle. You are a son and you just give yourself to the person in front of you. And ministry becomes easy. So I see us as a house. Asking what, what is our desire? Realizing that God is calling us to, to be strong and to realize his spirit is among us. And to partner with him. I had a dream. Can I, I'm going to get the band to come back up. Can I get five more minutes? Do I still have a band? I cracked myself up. I, uh, I had a dream a few nights ago. Have you guys ever, you guys know the publisher at Clearinghouse, people who give away the nice big checks? Um, I would always see people, I'm like, it's a bunch of crap. But anyways, 
we I had a dream, and in the dream, it's like people, they showed up to my door, do-do-do-do-do, on my trailer, and they were holding this big check. And on the check, it said, revival in your city, but it had no cosigner. And I understood in the dream that, that God was simply looking for me to cosign with him to receive what he has. You understand that we lack nothing. We lack nothing. Nobody in this church can give $1 and we will lack nothing because it's his house. The benefit of us partnering with him is we get to be a part of the God story. The people who have moved their lives here and have given themselves, we're all a part of the God story. We're all a part of impacting a community and saying we will be a light. And so I see that today. I feel like God's just looking for co-signers. He's just looking for people that wouldn't be so busy about moving on to the next thing. Oh my gosh, it's a 12.15. We got to go to lunch, all this stuff. And it's like, he's just looking for people to say, I will wait on you so I can fully know you. This is what I want to do. Let's stand. Let's just wait for a moment. Why don't you just close your eyes? And I want you to think about this. What are you chasing? Like, what are you giving your life to? And don't get awkward in the silence. Just allow yourself to connect with the Lord. just begin to release our own song around the room my leaders if you could lead the way let's just release real quick whatever's in your heart just let it out we got to get used to this oh we worship you come on come on we say yes to the call we say yes to the call Come on, a little bit more. Come on, come on. Oh, yeah. Come on, a little bit longer.
release a sound. to partner with me for a few minutes in prayer and just breaking down any strongholds that are in this region right now and I don't want it to be passive I want to hear you proclaim we're going to be a church of prayer and we're going to be loud about it we're going to be loud about it because we know that our words they, they have power and so I want you to release even if you're praying in the spirit I want you to stir something within yourself and I want you to be moved by, by the words that come out and believe it with conviction. So right now in Jesus' name, Father, we pull down every principality, every evil power. Father, we pray for a fresh touch of heaven over our nation, God. Father, we pray for unity like never before. Father, we pray against depression. We pray against anxiety. We pray against apathy. Oh, we pray for more, God. Fresh outpouring of your spirit, God. Fresh outpouring of your spirit, God. Fresh outpouring of your spirit, God. You reign. You reign. You reign. You reign. You reign. Oh, 
right now and I, and I just want you to be 100% honest whether this is your first time or you're, you've been with me from the beginning I just want to ask if there's anybody who's been felt disinterested, disconnected or discouraged in what God has called you to do or in this season of life I just want you to lift up a hand right now around the room and we're going to pray. Now up who else? We're going to pray right now who else? It's okay we're going to pray and we're going to believe that, that it's going to break and that fresh fire is going to hit you the good kind, the best kind, around the room. Listen, if you see a hand around you, I want you to, I want you to go with them and I want you to partner. Hey, Andy, I want you to come here, bro. Hey, T Tyler, I want you to pray. I want you to pray for Andy real quick. Huh? Huh? Keep your hand up. Anyone else? Listen, I want my leaders to find someone. There's one in the back, Miss Nancy right there. Jessica right here. Anyone else? I don't want anybody to feel left out. Fresh touch. Fresh touch. Fresh touch. Father, right now. Father, right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I ask for a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. No hype. Father, I ask that your love would flood whatever's going on in their life, whatever feeling, God, whatever coldness, any hardness of heart right now, we ask that it would be broken, that this Christianity would not be a mundane thing, but that we would move from glory to glory. Come on, release over them right now. We release peace. We release hope. Hope. Peace. Fresh impartation. Fresh impartation. Oh, don't let up. Come on. He's moving. Oh, Jesus. Fresh encounters, Lord. We speak against any attack of the enemy. We curse it in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, become real to us. Become real to us, Lord. A little bit longer. A little bit longer. 